Welcome, Pathfinders, to Find the Path Podcast Actual Play of the Hell's Rebels Adventure Path. We're going on a ghost hunt. We're going on a ghost hunt. This Apparently. could go really badly, so yay! <laughs> I feel like you should have like said that to the tune of, like, we're going on a bear hunt. <laughs> I don't know that. Yeah. I don't know the tune of that. I'm old. <laughs> no one knows. I'm old? I'm pretty sure we're going on a bear hunt is, uh, is very old. So to say I'm a children's librarian, and one of our specialties is random children's songs, and I don't know that one. Oh. No, there you go. <laughs> we taught a whole bear unit when we did yeah. kindergarten, and that was the song we sang. Hmm. Yeah, I taught oh. my little kids uh, a little bunny foo-foo. Oh, also, oh, yeah, I mean, I know song. that one. Yeah. But, I was going to say, yeah. I know that one. Anyway, Google so, it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so welcome back. Well, before, I suppose, uh, I'm not actually 100% sure if this is a ghost hunt so much as um, you already know where the ghost is. It's more of an exorcism, really. Well, yeah, you don't really need to hunt it or even find it. Yeah, it's more of the, we know what house it's in, but what room is it going to be in? What, it's is on it a stairwell. Ghost? The suspected ghost as well. Yeah. We're not 100% <laughs> sure we're actually dealing with a ghost. Yeah, it may not be a ghost. Yeah, maybe. We'll Y'all look, trying we'll to see. ruin my fun. It's going to be a ghost. For all we know, it's an invisible cat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It could be an invisible cat. Uh, it could be a mimic pretending to be a banister. Ooh. It could be a boogeyman. <laughs> it could be, I like it could that be one. a choker. Yeah. Could be. Mm-hmm. It could be a choker with a ring of invisibility. Actually, there's a really uh, neat short story called uh, What Was It? That's uh, basically mm. choker with a ring of invisibility. Okay, wow. that it could be anything with a ring of invisibility. Yeah. It's true. It could be literally, it could just be a goblin with a ring of invisibility. <laughs> However, uh, I suppose to jump back into things, if you're wondering how do we get to the situation where they're going on a ghost hunt, when last we left our heroes, the Silver Ravens had made their way, uh, were basically an old Cantargo researching a serial killer, of which they managed to, uh, that was a hunt. That was hunting a killer. <laughs> mm. Yes. They did then successfully hunt said killer uh, back to his lair, and then were surprised by him as lair. We were hunted in revenge. Yeah. <laughs> he ambushed at his us at his own lair. I don't know if he really ambushed us. He just came home. He came yeah. home and we were there. <laughs> it we was an ambush. <laughs> we weren't prepared. And then we talked to the police and it was scary. It's true. They, they then did the, the very rare thing for adventurers, which was contact the proper authorities uh, and inform them <laughs> of the situation. I mean, we were a little late contacting the proper authorities, but yes, we did. I mean, to be fair, we're not friends with the authorities in this moment. No. Yes. Probably for this whole AP. This is one of those cases where, like, just contacting them and being like, hey, dudes, we uh, we found your serial killer. Yeah. Uh, it seemed to have worked On out pretty accident. well for you guys. You mm-hmm. you kept it very, uh, basically, you'd uh, you'd learned from uh, your previous run-ins with the Datari. You kept it very succinct to the point. You didn't really elaborate on things. You, uh, mm-hmm. you kept it as close, hewed as close to the truth as you could. Mm-hmm. So uh, all of you were basically let off the hook from... Uh, Instead of just murdering him, since you rendered him unconscious, and then they could then question him. Uh, and then he freely admitted to murdering 14 people. And he yep. really wants his yeah. knife back. And he really wants his knife back. But <laughs> we, we have no idea where that is. It's mm. definitely not in Cesare's backpack. Yeah, we don't know about that knife, <laughs> question mark. Mm. Knife? He stabbed me. Anyone else just reminded of, uh, was that Jason X? Like, don't worry, guys, he just wanted his machete back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure, it's, I think that was the Jason Goes to Space. Wow. <laughs> I think that's the Jason X one, right? I don't know yeah, if I Yeah, uh, I'm not positive. Ever I don't think I saw that, that far. Yeah. Nah, it's, it's been a long time. As a rule of thumb, anything that decides to go to space usually means they're out of ideas. They've <laughs> jumped the shark. Uh, yeah, you'd uh, basically took care of the situation, returned back to the Udemus. He admitted to 14 murders. Let's not gloss murders. over that either. Yeah. It's a lot of murders. Mm. Two more than you're aware of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Some of them, he was actually good at hiding There's the bodies. Uh, after returning back to the Udemus tenement, speaking briefly with Cesare's uh, sister-in-law, you had retrieved your magical items, which you had uh, thoughtfully and uh, uh, intelligently stored there before you had left with your magical cat. You had <laughs> retrieved uh, both magical ravens as well as magical raven. And then uh, <laughs> made your way back out into the city streets. I believe your yep. plan was to head to uh, Auden Daughters Herbs, which is yes. the, the establishment that currently your friend acquaintance, at the very least, Reich, the uh, tiefling baker making a delicious meat pies. Yeah, who told us about terrifying ghosts that come out at sunrise and sunset. Yes, you know. he, is, he is squatting there since Kentargo's laws pertaining towards ownership and squatters' rights are somewhat iffy. Also, it's got a great name, and I'm excited to go see it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's supposed to uh, to set the mood, to set things back up for all of you. You had left from the Udemus tenement. The proprietress of the place watches all of you go, gives you a nod. <laughs> Adria bribed her good earlier, so she I doesn't did. want to kill us. Yep. You step out onto the city streets. The sun is beginning to set. Ooh. We need to hustle. Uh, by that, I mean like the disc is starting to reach the horizon. It's just a faint pinkish hue. Uh, so you think that you've got time to make your way over to Auden Daughters before the uh, uh, the haunting, you believe, begins, which is usually at curfew. sunrise and sunset twice per day. I mean, mm. at least we do have a safe house on this side of the river now, or uh, on this side true. of the bridge now. So. Yeah, so we can hide out well, there Well, we may have we to stay to. here anyway to look for ghosts, wait for ghosts Yeah, in the morning. You set off into the city streets. As you navigate your way along the cobbled streets, most of the businesses are still open and will basically stay open until sunset. Already the lamp lighters are making their way out and beginning to light a number of the lamps. Uh, usually they seem to fill the lamps with not quite as much oil as they used to, mostly because there's not as many people out on the city streets at night. Although still the Datari, since they are patrolling the city streets, looking for anyone violating the city's curfew, do need the lamps as well. Most of the lighters of uh, Kentargo are primarily orphans. Mm -hmm. Hey, it's a living. Beats the alternatives, which are like trying to be an orphan in Agorian or uh, God help you, West Crown, back when West Crown mm. was still <laughs> shadow haunted West Crown. Oh, God, uh, yeah. Yep. You set off navigating through the city streets, watching the people as they come and go, making good time as you make your way up along Salt Street, navigating your way past the holding house. We've never, ever been inside there either, no, like not two days ago. <laughs> do, do, do. Uh, eventually passing by both uh, the Tooth and Nell as well as, uh, is it Sweet Tooth? What was the name of, uh, I think it's Sweet mm. Tooth is the yeah, I think so. confectionery think next so. to it. That, that sounds like the right one. Yeah. Can we stop and buy cookies? I'm hoping for a meat pie when we get to Reich's. You don't go mm. to people's houses without buying a gift. Our gift is going to be ridding his home of ghosts. I'm just going to buy some cookies. It'll take like five <laughs> seconds. I buy cookies. You go in to buy cookies. The rest of us stand out there and Lucia's just like, for the record, I agree with Cesare. <laughs> <laughs> I want a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> well, would somebody bring a bottle of wine and we got a feast? Mm. I just get a big like 24 pack of cookies or something. As you make your way down past uh, Tooth and Nell, I suppose if you make a quick diversion... Uh, again, it's getting a little bit later on, so uh, everyone that's not buying cookies, which seems to be Lucia, Cesare, and Niccolo, can stop at the Tooth and Nell for a quick pint. Oh, y'all can buy the mm. wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do need to eat dinner, I suppose. Cookies, meat point. pie, and wine. That's some fancy feasting We're right there. We're expecting a meat pie, but he could be sold out. You make your way in through the uh, the front door. Again, a, uh, a beautiful confectionery. The, the delight of children everywhere. It looks like it should be an, an extra scene from... Uh, 
uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the mm. big candy shop there, where it's just nice. rows and rows mm. of uh, candies as far as the confectionery side, which is off towards the left-hand side, which are various like sugared candies and uh, hard candies. And off towards the right-hand side is the bakery portion, uh, which is mostly her tarts, which is what she's most famous for. Oh, my tarts then. Lakula stands behind the counter, uh, seemingly in the process of kind of getting ready to close shop. Uh, and that judging by the fact that she has like a tray off there and you can see like a couple stacks of coins. Looks like business is decent. As far as a small business owner is concerned, Adrian could tell the business is actually pretty good here. Yeah. Especially considering she's selling a luxury good that you don't yeah. technically need. Salt Street is a, a major thoroughfare. You do notice that there's a big empty area off towards the side. Um, not a big empty area, but there's an entire empty tray, which is where the uh, chocolate mints were previously. Until mm. mint was outlawed by the Lord Mayor. Oh, mm. right. Unfortunately, that is unfortunate. She could just fill that with not chocolate with not mint chocolates. It's a statement. It might be a statement. You it might know. be a statement. Yeah. You're temporary. I'll just hold this space. That's the statement. It might just be one of those marked up for double price for the possible legal ramifications of selling it to. <laughs> mm. I don't remember what the fine is for mint. Lucula gives both of you a warm smile as you enter, uh, adjusting her eye patch, which seems like. It seems like she was in the process of either adjusting or taking it off. You're not positive, but uh, obviously doesn't want to take that off in front of guests. Good afternoon. How's it going? Surprised hmm. to see you here. Oh, well, we're stopping by a friend's. Thought we'd pick up some, some snacks, maybe some cookies, maybe some pies. I don't know, like a dozen. I could make you a good deal. They're copper each or a silver for a dozen. Uh, let's do a dozen then. Hmm. Lakula smiles, makes her way over, retrieves a bag. Begins to put uh, a variety of tarts if you don't specify, since she does make a variety of tart flavors. I'm reminded of the check stop. Yep. Yes. She's one of everything. Try them all. One of Every, everything. Everybody who's uh, Texan was like, ah, yes. I yep. get now I want to drive a ridiculous amount of hours to the check stop. Thanks, Rach. It's especially <laughs> far for you. <laughs> the woman collects the various uh, pastries, not using a little spatula thing, although she is wearing gloves. Uh, and so she just kind of reaches in there, grabs them from behind the... The glass retrieves one after the next, placing it carefully into the bag. Hmm. I thought maybe that you were stopping by with good news. We have good news, but it's not related to Angus and his brother. We're still on that case. Mm -hmm. She nods, uh, judging by the, the tilt of the eyebrow that you can clearly see. You know, a sympathetic nod. I can only imagine what the shallots are going through. Yeah. But I'm sure with, uh, with the two of you on the case, we'll probably hear good news very soon. Yeah. So. Well... Have you heard anything at all helpful or related to that? I've been keeping both ears out and an eye. Hmm. <laughs> but most of the cells that I've made recently haven't actually been so much to the children as many of the nobles, the adults. I seem to have made a bit of a name for myself over in the greens. Interesting. Unfortunately, ah. considering the situation here in old Cantargo, many parents are keeping their children uh, on a very short leash. Unsurprising. There was also... Some sort of serial killer. But we did catch them. That was the good news. Good. Um, are any other kids missing? Like, has there anybody has anybody else been taken? I think two is plenty, but uh, not that I've heard of. No. Okay. Well, two is too many, really. Again, and let me know if you find out anything or if there's any way that I can help you. And if I see any of the children, if they tell me of anyone suspicious that they've seen, I'll contact you as quickly as I can. From what I understand, I can leave a, a message next door at the Tooth and Nell. Yeah. And of course, she lays the bag on the counter. Both of you are welcome here whenever you would like. Thanks. Much obliged. She smiles, nods, slides the bag over. I'll take the bag. Well, have a good night. 
I suppose you uh, provide the one silver piece. Yeah, yeah. I just steal it and I run out the door. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> she takes it, nods. Don't stay out too late. The mm. Datari have been particularly active recently. Huh. What with all the serial killing and such? <laughs> Thanks for the yeah, time. they didn't want to admit. <laughs> you make your way out. Uh, glancing inside of the bag, uh, she actually gave you a baker's dozen instead of just a oh, standard dozen. Yeah. But yeah. You guys are getting towards the end of the night, and maybe she likes y'all. Yeah, maybe. And she has connections with the green. We should keep that in mind. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm making things. a note of that. Hmm? Does the tooth and nail sell beer to go? A mini barrel? <laughs> if you bring your own flask. They do have their own hip flask that you can buy there that has the tooth and nail logo <laughs> on it if you yeah. want a branded hip flask. It's the commemorative mug. I, yeah, no. I, oh, fine, we don't have beer then because Cesare is not buying a keg. <laughs> you know? should have just bought a bottle of wine. Do they not serve wine? Yeah, I'm sure they do for the more refined patrons. Okay. I just want to is... point out how delightful it is that Adria decided that we must bring a host gift. And then well, so if we've got tarts out. and a meat pie, then we're going to be thirsty. And Cesare is just like, um. if you give a mouse a cookie, <laughs> he's going to want some wine. <laughs> I don't know if they have milk here. I was kind of hoping sure they, they just sold here, like but... a mini keg or something, you know, like here's like two jugs of beer. Let's go. <laughs> this is very important. I know, Rick, you were dying to run this scene. <laughs> Exactly, this very scene. So you make your way in there, and some gives you a big smile and nod. And you're just like, hey, can we, you know, do you have a, a pie? And like, can I take a, a beer to go? And he's like, oh, I mean, I know you. Sure, you can take a couple of tankers. I'm sure you'll bring them back. Uh, at which point he's quickly yelled at because he's like, no, the customers don't get to take the glasses with them. He's very bad at his job. We need we oh, town no. with the cups. This <laughs> is like, the problem with having too many lovable is there NPCs. There's an open container law in Kentarko. Mm. <laughs> Stop with each of the lovable NPCs mm. on the way to your lovable NPC you're already I just going to. to. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, how much does, does she sell? Does she sell me a mini keg or something? You know, like a half barrel or like something a silver reasonable. Or something. <laughs> a keg of L. There we are. Uh, keg of L's, uh, two silver pieces. I don't. Do we need a whole keg? There's six of us. <laughs> I don't actually know how much a keg serves. Okay, yeah, so this is a full-sized keg. Uh -huh. We don't need a full-sized keg. We need, like, keg. one of those mini kegs boys. that you can yes. get at a specs. So a normal gift. keg, by the way, is approximately 15 and a half gallons. <laughs> wow! <laughs> We're getting trashed. Trash. We're having a rager. <laughs> Good heck? gracious. I, we are going to trash this place if the owner comes home. We're in so much trouble. You can grab a mini keg if you so wish. Um, we'll just say that that's five copper pieces and is enough for basically like five drinks or so. Or an average bottle of wine, which is one silver. I'm going to buy both. That way everybody can have a pint and then there's some extra wine because there's going to be six of us with Reich. So it's going to, you know. It, we'll have to see if he has like, you know, a charcuterie board and cheese to class it up Jolly. for the wine. Adria does not appreciatively to the other like older member of the party that's like, see, this is how you do it. So are we going for fun or are we going to find ghosts? I don't oh, know I could have sworn this was business, but now I'm not, I'm not sure anymore. It's to deal with the trauma after we're all horrified by the ghosts, says Raven. It's, it's yeah, to deal with, with all the fear effects that we're going to be getting and wrong one be saucer of milk. Between the tarts and if he has any meat pies left, we're going to need something to drink. We really want these meat pies. All right. I want to point out that your dinner plans for tonight are meat pies, various flavored fruit tarts <laughs> with beer, polishing it off with some wine afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely, what, what it feels like is we're definitely sleeping there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought you were sleeping there for sure, so it's fine. But yeah, um, I guess after these purchases, we head to Odd Daughters. 
So you make your purchases, you set off, you make your way, uh, continuing along Salt Road as you uh, you purchase all this. And some waves at you, smiling as you make your way out the door. He was going to let me just buy a couple pints and take the mugs. <laughs> oh, that would have been useful. <laughs> <laughs> he was told that's against a policy. I think it's against the law, too. The last thing we need is more Datari asking us why we're walking around with mugs. We'll just bribe him with pie. <laughs> They might arrest all of us for being followers of Kate and Kayleen or something. <laughs> oh, God, oh, man, if yeah. only one of us had a hideous laughter, you could throw a real tart at them. <laughs> that is true. Boop. I don't know if hideous laughter is even in second edition. I think it is. It, it is. is. I believe so. Okay. You head north from here, approaching towards the graveyard itself. The graveyard is uh, is easy to reach, considering it actually is graveyard or a cemetery circle uh, mm -hmm. is the road that surrounds the graveyard. And roughly an oval, not a circle, hmm. is where Salt Street intersects with the southernmost portion of the old Cantargo Cemetery. Even as you approach, the cemetery, the level of ground across Cantargo has varied wildly. The cemetery itself, from what you understand, follows the same suit. Hmm. Currently, the cemetery is set up about almost 10 feet above the level of the road. So it's basically a brick wall leading up to a wrought iron fence that surrounds the outside of the cemetery. Some people say that this is because the surrounding street levels have dropped. Some people also believe that instead it is actually that they added dirt to the cemetery uh, as time passed. Ooh. And in essence, the bodies are buried in stacks. Yeah, uh, some people say as much bodies. as like four or five bodies oh, deep. Wow. Like when we were in Boston. Oh, wait, that's a real thing? That's a oh, real yeah. thing that happened in a lot of the cemeteries up there that uh, people would just bury them one on top of each other. A lot of the gravekeepers were shady. That that, that mm. would be the word it's also for a space shady. Problem. Yeah. Do, do I actually, does Chessery know the answer to that? Or has it always been like this, even since, you know, even when he was a kid? Uh, yeah, I suppose if uh, someone wants to make me a, uh, I believe it's society. I would also say Lore Cantargo if you have Lore Cantargo or uh, Lore Gravekeeping or anything like that if any of you happen to. You know, that's Cesare's backup, rep, you know, job. <laughs> hey, it's a good job. So, Vittoria and surprisingly, Niccolo. Mm. Uh, Cesare, you're not entirely positive. You, again, you don't really spend a whole lot of time hanging out in the cemeteries over here. It's generally frowned upon when wizards hang out in cemeteries. Mm. <laughs> that's fair. Look, I'm not going to raise any dead, okay? <laughs> that we know of. You start digging a hole and you're like, I just have to know if it goes deeper. The short answer for uh, Niklo and Vittoria is buried up? Probably. You're both aware that the old Cantargo Cemetery has served as Cantargo, Cantargo's burying ground for all of its known history. Wow. Uh, which is literally thousands of years. Mm. Mm. This ended a short time ago, actually about 60, about 75 years ago. Uh, with the end of the Chelsea Civil War. Uh, during the Chelsea Civil War, when they took up the northeastern portion of the cemetery, they basically dug up almost all the graves there, moved the old graves further south in the cemetery to make a mass burying ground for all the soldiers killed during the Chelsea Civil War. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, not, in fact, even interring them in actual coffins, just placing the bodies in wrappings and then burying them. Uh, following that for a number of years, they began to, Cantargo's begun a practice of cremation, mm. uh, which has been much, much more common. Uh, in fact, to the point that almost all bodies in Cantargo, at the very least of Cantargo's poor, are mostly burned. 
There are some sole exceptions, as each one of the major temples of the city and the temples along Temple Hill do maintain their own graveyards, uh, including the occasion where you were at the very beginning, uh, episode one, in fact, managed to get enough people in Red Roof to chip in uh, to purchase an actual uh, grave mm-hmm. plot uh, following one of the various murders happening in uh, Old Contargo before you are in uh, the Red Roof District before all of you successfully stopped the Tiflings from being killed there. Mm. But yes, much in the case of uh, when you guys were running into problems with all the people that were being murdered in the uh, in Red Roof, a majority of bodies in Contargo are cremated. Good way to keep it, keep them from being raised as undead. So, That being said, I'll actually go ahead and give this to Vittoria. That does not mean that bodies are not still buried here. Some funeral services do still take place. This place is not officially closed. However, you do have to pay a good amount of money. Uh, and since merchants, unlike the nobles who usually have their own private graveyards or mausoleums built on their properties or the priesthood who can of course afford to have themselves buried at the temple the merchant class usually unless they're getting buried at the temple of Abadar pay to have themselves buried here that has of course led to the continued practice particularly considering the popularity and uh, renown that the Alabaster Academy has as far as its uh, anatomy courses and such. One, they will purchase bodies before bodies are interred here. Uh, People can, of course, donate their bodies. Uh, It has also led to a popular, uh, the rise in popularity of quote-unquote resurrectionists, uh, which are a very fancy way of saying grave robber. They make their way down to the old Cantargo Cemetery and disinter, uh, which has led to the uh, 10-day wake which is a popular thing where now noble families or at the very least merchant families that bury their uh, dead in the old Contargo Cemetery will then have a 10-day period of which they have a family member on rotation staying at the gravesite to make certain that the uh, resurrectionists do not show up before mm. putrification sets in, at which point it is no longer valuable to the school. Uh, it does not guys? mean that Alabaster Academy does not... Uh, you're thinking Birkenhair. Birkenhair, yeah. Who yes. eventually just started killing people because people weren't dying naturally fast enough. Which is a common rumor also when people end up dying <laughs> in Contargo or going missing is that somebody kill them and then give them over to Alabaster Academy. Mm. Not helping Alabaster Academy's reputation. No. Interesting. It's not quite Alabaster is what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> one, one might say. Uh, however, I suppose uh, Niccolo and Vittoria give a little history lesson as you guys walk past the, the cemetery. Any weird mm. activity in the cemetery? Uh, looking into the cemetery specifically, no. Uh, there is a groundskeeper currently on the uh, the grounds there, trimming up some of the hedges and all the rest of that, mostly uh, with a long hooked pole, uh, pulling down branches as you are getting to the stormier portion of the year and mm. therefore keeping large tree branches from falling on tombstones and all the rest of that stuff. Proper care is necessary there. There are very few trees still remaining in the old Contargo Cemetery. Mm. Those that are there look to be very healthy. Well, you don't hmm. say. Yes. Phenomenal <laughs> fertilizer. Is my brother buried here? Uh, if he was executed, he would have probably been cremated. All, almost okay. all criminals are cremated. Hmm. And usually their ashes are spread out. Uh, as far as criminals are concerned, uh, their ashes tend to be spread in the bay and not anywhere near Contargo. Just in case they come back as a vengeful spirit. <laughs> They can haunt sailors. We don't care about that. I was going to say, and it's not superstition (laughs) because that's a real possibility. It Mm. is very much so. You turn off Salt Street and make your way onto Cemetery Circle. The businesses here are relatively small and quiet. Uh, Again, this is a portion of the city where the ground floor is business and then everything going up from there are homes. Mm. As you make your way down this path, 
The sun begins to set in the distance, painting the sky a brilliant shade of ruby red. The church bells ring far off the Church of Abadar. Uh, the devil's bells have not rung, uh, at least in a couple hours so that you're aware of. Uh, the light of the setting sun plays across the various tall spires of the city, all of them done uh, or redone as far as Temple Hill is concerned in the new Gothic architecture known as the Agorian style of architecture. Mm. Particularly, it paints the black front facade of the Temple of Asmodeus sitting upon the pinnacled height of the Temple Hill in this stark red and black illumination that gives it an even more hellish appearance than the foul structure usually has. Great. Eventually, you realize that you're approaching your destination. Uh, you realize this because of three things. Uh, first off is the wonderful smell of beet pies. Yes. Oh, we were right. Which drifts uh, tantalizingly on the breeze. The second thing is you can see a large sign, an old iron sign, hanging off the front of a four-story building, depicting what looks to be a cornucopia. Although instead of fruits pouring out of the end of this uh, this conical-shaped container, uh, it is actually a variety of different herbs and mushrooms Fine. pouring forth from it. Uh, underneath it just says, Odd and Daughter Herbs. Great. The third thing that you notice is a curious setup. Mm-hmm. There are two windows on the front of the structure, uh, very close to the, the street. So basically the, uh, the sidewalk is only about two feet wide here bay windows extend off of the front of the building. Uh, So think something along the lines of like New England old brick houses. Hmm. But one of the windows has been replaced with what looks like an odd wooden almost chute that sticks off of the front of the window. Hmm. Uh, The other one is wide open and has a window sill that has been added on top of what looks to have been a flower box on the front of it Mm. uh, where you can see a number of meat pies cooling. As you approach closer, you can see the reasoning behind this curious setup. As uh, one of the cart drivers makes his way by, fishes the appropriate number of coins out, throws them into the chute at the first window that he passes. Mm. And then by the time he reaches the second one, a pie levitates out to him. You're going to assume via cantrip uh, Mm. to the driver as he simply takes it from the air, waves to the tiefling in the window and continues along his way. How are we not investing in him? He had to drive want through to make food. A business connection. And a very efficient drive-through window of some form. Oh, gosh, he's so smart. For historical context, I believe uh, the first drive-through window was in France back in the 1700s. I thought it was in Rome. Well, they did drive-throughs, but there weren't windows involved. Hmm. As you make your way up towards the front, the young tiefling boy glances out, uh, gives all of you a, a smile. Glances past all of you for a couple of moments before you think registering that uh, that Hedeman isn't with you, but still seems happy <laughs> as he turns to glance out of the rest of you. You know what? One last pie for you. <laughs> I don't think we actually told Hedeman that we finished up the thing, by the way. No, we you haven't. Have it's fine. We'll be there later. <laughs> you can send right. him a raven. The young boy leans out the window as you begin to approach. I, I, I wasn't uh, expecting to see you. Uh, would you like meat pie? Yep, but also we're here to deal with your ghosts. Oh. Um, I didn't, I just assumed you were, I assumed it was the beer talking. Um, oh, we brought, uh, we brought that, some beer. <laughs> what is he going to think of us? And also we brought tots. Can we come in? Oh, uh, yeah, the, the, the door's, uh, unlocked. Great. Adrian keeps going to the door. <laughs> <laughs> you make your way up the stairs, uh, open the door, step inside, 
Uh, there's a small hallway area here. There's a coat rack off to the side that you don't think has seen a coat in a couple decades. Mm. Mm. Off towards the right-hand side, you can see into the uh, the room that the window is in, which actually only has a table from what you can see in there with a basket uh, set upon it. So basically the wooden chute just drops all the coins straight into the basket when they're thrown through the window. Cesare will toss two copper pe- pieces in the basket and get a pie for him and a pie for Raven. <laughs> yes, we certainly are all going to have pies. Yes, this sounds good. <laughs> Very well. So um, I'm, I'm still doing business here, but uh, if, if you want to make yourself uh, of comfortable, then um, yeah. Or, you said the haunting generally begins at sunset. Uh, mostly. I, I haven't uh, heard or um, felt anything yet. Hmm. I guess we wait till something happens. It should be uh, probably pretty soon. Um, oh, hold, hold. He brings up a hand as uh, you hear the clank clank of copper pieces. Uh, makes his way over and quickly magically shoes a meat pie out the window as it goes <laughs> fluttering off. <laughs> this is a clever setup that you have. Yeah, um, it people are uh, uh, busy, and I found it when I added this in, and they didn't have to um, stop that uh, people gave me more business. So <laughs> I just uh, kept it up. Clerks tend to be um, in kind of a rush, and and so do uh, drovers. Mm. Um, yeah, so uh, the my living space is, is down here on the, the ground floor, but the uh, the creepy stuff tends to be upstairs. Okay. Well, Maybe. sounds like we need to go upstairs. Uh. Oh, have a tot. And I put all the tarts down on like a table so he can eat from them. Cesare sets down the mini keg and the bottle of wine. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, thank thank you. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll get us some plates. Do um, be careful. Uh, people have told me that a, a lot of people have, well, died uh, here. So hmm. uh, I just don't go upstairs, but um, mostly people that go upstairs die. Okay. I see. Well, the last time I investigated a haunting, it didn't actually turn out to be a haunting. So this should be fun. Die how? What I heard was strangled. Mm. Oh. Uh, like right. like I said, I've I've seen the occasional thing that uh, has has scared the the devils out of me. Mostly uh, feet uh, dangling when I walk uh. out from uh, dangling over the, the the top of the the door frame when I exit, mm. and sometimes I can hear um, footsteps and a, a creaking. Hmm. Have you ever? You'll you'll understand when you you get over there, but just the feeling like someone's leaning over the banister and watching you. Hmm. When did this turn into PT? (laughs) (laughs) You go down the same hallway, you turn a corner, you go down the same hallway. (laughs) Something is slightly different. And more terrifying. I I suppose we should head upstairs then. Well, Hmm. let's have our last meal, then we'll go upstairs. If we don't come down... Why you gotta say it like that? Don't check on us (laughs) till the morning when it's safe. Yes. Oh, oh, definitely won't. That's fair. Cesare smirks slightly. (laughs) Good boy. (laughs) Also, um, Vittoria, if you have a moment, I could probably use a bit of uh, patching up from our earlier... Nicolo's like walking, Nicolo's opened his wound again. (laughs) I can take care of that. I'm I'm still down some hit points, and if we're potentially fighting a ghost, I'd like to be at full health. Fair. All right. Well, I definitely succeed. I rolled a 13 for a 24. Very well. Lucky 13. So you heal up for a lot. 14. (laughs) Dang. I'm good. All right. 
So you settle down real quick, uh, eat a little bit. Get ready to go into the horror section of this story. <laughs> yep. Everyone I don't know. The, your the mass murdering was horrible enough, you know, or horrifying enough. I mean, Cesare will cast a light spell on Raven's uh, collar like he normally does. Yeah, I'll put one on Lucia. That's who he everybody, gets everybody equip your weapons. You settle down. <laughs> Eat your uh, potentially last meal, as Adria put it. Mm-hmm. Watch the uh, the sunset outside of the the window. Make yourselves comfortable. Light slowly pouring in. The the interior dimming. Uh, Reich continues to work since uh, this is one of the busiest parts of the day for him. I'll mm. be rather quickly. Eventually, though, you finish eating. All right, let's go take a look. Okay. Be on the lookout for choking, strangly things. Mm. As we all keep our eyes up to the ceiling. Making your way down the hallway. You reach the end of the central hall, which exits out into a landing at the bottom of the stairs. A thin set of steps ascends to your left up to a landing before ascending up across the back wall to the hallway above. A banister starts down here, follows the the line of the stairs up above and then down the full length of the the overhang that looks down on this lower level. A grandfather clock stands in one corner that has probably not worked in decades. Uh, It has not been cleaned in just as long, judging by the cobwebs. Although the Mm. floor down here has been kept rather well cleaned, uh, as has about the first two steps or so Mm. of the stairs, basically keeping it nice and sanitary since this is also a business establishment. A iron hook has been put on the wall on one side and a length of hemp rope goes from there to tie off onto the banister at the other side at about two stairs up, blocking access to the stairs above. Hanging from this is a small wooden disc. Ratted old grain carpet covers the floor here on each one of the steps, although a number of the holes that would be set on the stairs to keep it flush with the steps have been removed, making it an obvious trip hazard. There are no portraits on the walls, although judging by the discoloration of the wallpaper, which is all in a rather off shade of what you think was once white and now has turned a somewhat putrescent yellow. You believe that there were oh, once good. portraits hanging upon yellow the wall. Wallpaper. Yellow wallpaper. Mm, yep. <laughs> Don't stay here too long. <laughs> What's on the wooden disc? Is it a holy symbol? Approaching the wooden disc and looking it over, it is carved with a spiral. Oh. Mm. You believe mm. the symbol of Phrasma, goddess of the dead. Is the rope low enough to just kind of step over? Uh, you could awkwardly step over it or crawl under it. Yeah, because we... It's at that uncomfortable point where it's not going to be good or easy to do either. I guess we should we can remove it, but then hook it back. Don't want yep, the ghost running enough. downstairs. Well, we don't want to have it in the way if we need to run. So I think we just unhook it for now. You do think it would be an easy uh, acrobatics check, depending on how well trained any of you are at acrobatics to leap Very. from the, uh, the sec- basically the landing where it takes the turn over this rope. Uh, if you're going down, climbing up, it's a little bit more awkward. For anyone that grew up in a house that had a set of stairs and a banister, you could easily do that, like plant one hand on the wall, plant one hand on that, like swing your legs over it thing. Yep. Mm. Adrian will just unhook it. <laughs> Very well. For safety. Do you wish to make your way upstairs? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what is your marching order? Um, I, I guess, mean, Niccolo, do you, uh, you still have to be 10 feet away from stuff, or do you have to be 5 I mean, feet if away? we're looking for traps, yes, 10 feet away. Okay, so then it can be me, Niccolo, Victoria? Probably me, because I have the that's odd feet, so I can see if something is strange before everyone else. Mm, okay. I'll be at the end. Adria is so brave. Mm. Well, you know. <laughs> watching our backs. In case we get attacked from the rear. 
Hopefully that will never happen. All right. Here we go. Beginning to ascend, the stairs creak and groan as you take them one step after the next. You reach the landing. There's that springiness as your foot lands on a particularly rotted board that just Mm. kind of springs and gives under you before you begin to make your way up the steps on the other side. There's a almost imperceptible point, Lucia, as you take the, the lead, that as you step up in a very disconcerting way, you suddenly feel this roll of cold, as if the moment that your head and shoulders reached the level of the second floor, it's that sensation of opening a wine cellar door mm. and feeling that chill roll up at you. Although in this case, it's odd because it's rolling down over you. It's definitely chilly up here. Not normal chilly. Mm. The same sensation does strike each of you as you pass up. And after a moment, you may even realize that it's not even proximity or height. It's when you reach a point that you can see the upper level. As you reach the upper level, you can see that there are three doors Mm. uh, and a doorway, although there is not a door in it. Uh, One of the doors is immediately to your left as you reach the top of the steps. The other two are on the wall opposite as you look down the hall all the way down to the end you can see that there's a doorway not a door on the right hand side down at the end of the hall Mm. 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 that's a bit strange there's a Mm. discoloration on the banister here from what Mm. can i take a closer look at this discoloration the says that he's seen feet dangling over the doorway i bet you someone hanged themselves here that's why the ghost strangles someone or somebody was hanged like not by choice. Uh, making your way over, looking over it, you may make a perception roll if you so wish. I do wish. I believe the good professor is right. I think this is exactly where a rope was tied to the banister. Whether mm. the person was hanged or hanged themselves, uh, I cannot determine. Hmm. Notably, this rope damage is opposite the door, the third door in line. So the first door on your left the one across from where you reach the top of the steps. So this is a short distance down from there, opposite of the third door. Also, uh, even though it's accurate, it is weird to refer to Cesare as the professor. <laughs> I am a professor. I know, I, I'm telling you, it's accurate. I'm just saying it was weird because we've never mentioned it in 50 some episodes. Victoria calls him that frequently. I mean, always, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Victoria yeah. almost always calls him that. Wow, I have not clocked that. I don't know, it's like a mental thing for her because she's a student, so he's like the professor. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I picked on that up on that forever ago. Jordan's failed his perception <laughs> check. I mean, this wouldn't be the first time, y'all. Y'all know I roll low. Atria is going to go check out that door, I guess. the one. Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll just start going through the closest door on our way back. I mean, yes, we should probably start with the closest door. Well, the closest one's the one to our left immediately when we get up to the stairs. Correct. It's not the open doorway. It's, yeah, so it's start closed. there, and then we'll work oh, okay. our way down the hallway. Okay. Yeah. And I will just keep an eye on that open door, because that's trouble. I mean, if it's a ghost, it's prob- it's incorporeal, it's... Can, but it doors don't matter. Ghost. <laughs> so Adria is keeping an eye on the open uh, doorway. Lucia? Uh, I guess Lucia will go up to this first door and just, you know, kind of assume a we're about to be attacked position to like charge through the doorway. Okay. Cesare? Cesare is going to open the door and go into the room. I mean, if nobody else is uh, moving door, to head The first door there. at the top of the stairs or the yes, second the door? Yes, the first door we, the first door we come across. Victoria? Yeah, Victoria will go up and try to open it with him. <laughs> Nicola? Uh, I was going to glance over the doors for traps. 
Okay. I'll let you do that first. Yeah, maybe do that one first. <laughs> Nicolo glancing over the doors. No. Mm. Uh, you don't see any hazards, or at the very least, no hazards that are not supernatural in nature. Yeah, that's true. I can't detect supernatural ones. So if it's like a haunt or something. It's a haunt. Yeah. It's not a Scooby-Doo mystery. We're like, <laughs> huh, somebody's put a ballista bolt trap on this. Somebody put a ballista inside of this room mm. somehow. And it'll shoot you with a ballista when you open it. God, I remember that. You did that a long time ago. <laughs> Surprise, ballista. Yeah. Uh, anyway, n- nothing seems trapped here. I think you're fine. Adria, making your way past Nicolo, because I suppose Nicolo would look over the uh, the three doors as he just kind of makes his way down the hall. Again, his trap spotter, once he's actually on the upper level, uh, gives him a pretty good view of each as he passes. Mm. Adria, reaching the end of the hall to just kind of glance, probably scooting a little bit and keeping a hand on your weapon as you inch your way down the hallway, crane your neck. You see that the open doorway um, was never intended for a door. There's not actually a door jam set oh, into okay. it. Mm. Uh, in fact, it leads to a thinner set of stairs that ascends up. Oh, okay. You're going to guess up to the third floor and maybe the fourth floor beyond that, since you do know that this is a four-story structure. Okay, all good. Vittoria Cesare, trying the door. You find that the door is, it is latched. However, the latch, the lock is on this side. Hmm. Uh, Unlatching this and opening it, uh, you find that this opens outwards onto a balcony. Oh. That overlooks a very small yard in the back. As you step out, as Lucia gets ready to lunge outside, <laughs> there is that immediate for uh, Cesare and Vittoria stepping out there, that immediate breaking of the tension. Like you hadn't realized how much your shoulders were scrunching until you stepped out here and the the oppressive air inside leaves you. Stepping out here, you see that there's a simple iron railing that surrounds this small balcony on all three sides uh, with the walls of the structure behind you. Each one of the Rellings has hooked on it a large planter's box. You guess, considering this was an herbalist shop at one point, a good place for growing. As you step out and glance up, you can see that there's a second one on the floor above. Like there's a balcony on each floor, and the uh, stone supports stretch from the ground all the way up through the corners here to uh, support the balcony overhead as well. Looking into the courtyard below, it looks uh, rather unremarkable and horribly overgrown. Mm. Well, you know, nobody's been up here in who knows how long. Distantly, a dog barks at you. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess head back inside and shut this door. Very well. And on to the next. Making your way forward, opening the second door, you find that the uh, door number two leads to a small and rather unremarkable room, devoid of any furniture. Uh, the room is, I use the term small, which is probably what Cesare and maybe Vittoria would think about it when they look inside. Definitely Lucia. Uh, however, it is a relatively good-sized room as far as Nicolo and Adria are concerned, being approximately 10 feet at a side. Oh, wow. Hey, it's my apartment. That's pretty sizable. <laughs> this room is as big as my entire house. <laughs> yep. And there's nothing in here at all. Judging by the damage to the floor that there was once furniture in here, uh, it has all been removed. Let's give it a once-over just in case yeah, there's let's give it a quick hidden nooks and crannies. Yeah. Anyone that wishes to may make me a perception roll. Yep, yep. It's just been a very busy, busy week. We found yeah. the Hell Knights, and then we had a party, and then we fa- <laughs> tracked down a serial killer. Mm-hmm. It's been like three days. Yeah. <laughs> like, in yeah. game time, we have done so much this week. Usually we spend weeks just, you know, working. <laughs> oh, do the initials A-H mean anything to anyone? No. 
I mean, either that or somebody was trying to carve awe in here before they were attacked, but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Classic Lovecraftian hero writing down his how he's going to be killed as it's killing him. <laughs> yeah. There's something at the door. It's opening the door. I see it entering the room. It's dragging me off. Oh, help. And then it goes off. Yep. Like, who keeps writing while you're being murdered? <laughs> Whoever lived here, apparently. Okay, A-H. I guess we'll make a note of it. Yep. Yeah, I mean... Where is it carved? Like, into the wall or the floor? Uh, the window frame. Uh, hmm. Don't know. It seems like something a child would do. Maybe. Sitting at the window being bored, carving their initials. Could be. Or just what they were thinking. Do we thinking. know the name of the previous owners? Are their last nope. names like H? Yeah. We know mm. it's Auden Daughters was the downstairs thing, but that's it. Yeah, I don't know if necessarily that's like the name of the family, you know? Have to look into the public records. Hmm. Well, I guess to the next room for now, then. Exiting this room. Uh, as a side note, each one of these doors, you're not positive if it's a weighted element, but each one of the doors slowly closes behind you. Mm, hmm. Good. As you enter or leave. Yeah, that's not creepy at all. Hmm. I actually have had doors like that, which was a little mm -hmm. weird. They're having some foundation problems. Yeah, I've lived in some pretty bad foundation places, that's for mm -hmm. sure. Sometimes it's just the air draft because of the way our upstairs was. Like, that's mm. just how the air flowed, and so it would always shut our doors. Yeah, and the hinges, if they get loose, it can happen to you. What we're saying is that it's not usually a haunting. <laughs> in this case, it not definitely usually. is. But, yeah, said not but we're usually. in Galarian where anything is possible. Yeah. You head over to the next door. I can only imagine each of you probably taking a second, intentionally or otherwise, to glance over to the, the rope burn on the railing as you reach the door opposite that. Mm -hmm. Grab onto the door, press this open. The door slides noisily open, revealing beyond a room that is not as devoid as the last, although lacking in any furniture. A couple of items sit about the room, too haphazard to be intentional, but too organized to be purely haphazard. Hmm. Boxes, a few buckets, and a couple of burlap bags sit in this room. Notably, everything has been pushed to the outside, as all the objects are along the outer walls, leaving the center of the room completely clear. Hmm. Well, guess we look around here. Yeah. Maybe don't stand in the middle. Hmm. Going to be hard to breach anything without standing yeah. in the middle. That's true, but it feels, I don't know, it just feels like a... Feels like a Maybe. trap. Mm. Feels like a good room for a polter, an actual capital P poltergeist. Mm. Or like the scent is weak and you'll stuff. fall through it or something. Well, if we fall through, then it's not far to go. Yeah. Mm. But I guess head in and start taking a look around. Yeah, I guess see what's inside all the various items here. Uh, anyone that wishes to may make me a perception roll. Uh, anyone else that wishes to may instead make me a craft check. Oh, I will do craft check. I will craft. I will perception attempt to stay near the edges. Cesare, Niccolo, and uh, Lucia, you make your way forward. You begin looking over the outside portions of this room, digging through here. The items left here are items of either no or barely any value. Furniture is all gone. The things here are cleaning supplies, old brooms and mops, other items that look like they were probably intended to uh, to have been used to clean this place, maybe even get it ready before uh, whatever horrifying inhabitant now resides here made itself known. 
Chesra, you do note something of interest. Uh, you and Niccolo finding this uh, almost at the same time as both of you have made your way over, find a uh, collection of these old sacks full of old clothing. It looks like at one point a uh, enterprising, and you can only assume fearless rodent, attempted to make a rat's nest here. Oh. You're going to either guess that he was uh, scared out of his mind or uh, paid the ultimate price for attempting to make a home here, depending on whether or not whatever spectral being resides here differentiates between uh, animal inhabitants and others. It hates all life. Except for the plants outside. It was really keen on those. Well, the Mm. presence wasn't out there. You know, when Victoria and Cesare walked out onto the balcony, that creepy presence wasn't there. Cesare and Niccolo, the only thing that you both find of some interest here are items that could be of value to someone who actually had an interest in them. Uh, However, you're going to guess whomever was going through here previously did not see their value. Uh, These are a small collection of books. Hmm. By books, I mean that they are like more folios than they are Hmm. actual bound books. In each of these cases, all of these, or in all of these cases, the books are so badly damaged from years of neglect that it's almost impossible to determine what was once inside of them, other than the fact that it was not writing, but pictures, perhaps. Mm. Uh, Notably, a crude, but still, the only thing you can think to define it as is, is lovingly made wooden figure. You pull this out. Uh, the figure itself stands about a foot tall, give or take. You would not define it as a doll. However, the wiring is sturdy enough that it can be oh, posed. No. Oh. I don't like mar- marionette doll things. I think it's like one of those things where you pose it so you can draw. Yeah, it's yeah. an anatomical oh, okay. model. Even like so. Drawing. There's pictures that we can't make out what they are because they've been... So there was an artist know. here. Yeah. Mm. Some sort of weird doll thing. Not really sure what that is. I was gonna say I don't know if any of us would even know what that is. I mean, I might. I have a plus thirteen craft. Uh, yeah, anyone that does have craft may roll that. However, uh, before we get to that, mm. it's time for the ambush. <laughs> Vittoria, Adria, looking over the center of the room, actually looking over the room entirely. First off, you can guarantee that this room was not intended as storage. Mm. The wallpaper in here is not as old as the wallpaper elsewhere. Oh, and seems to be if a fine light blue with a reoccurring flower motif that covers its surface. Um, What most people consider kind of a Victorian style where it's this spiraling vine that it's difficult to tell where it ends or begins as it makes its way across the surrounding walls. Love it. Mm -hmm. Again, the wallpaper is basically from uh, about waist level up to ceiling and below that is uh, wooden paneling with a divider that runs the outside edge of the room. Yes, like a chair rail. The entirety of this room also curiously, despite the refuge in here, is almost free of dirt. And as you walk into this room, the floorboards don't creak and groan as they have elsewhere. Uh-oh. Something's living here. So maybe there isn't a ghost. Something's... Or there's a ghost that takes care of the room. Mm. Mm. This was their room before they died. Could be. Weird. See if Cesare knows that that doll is for uh, drawing. I was going to say, I have, like, no craft. No, Cesare, looking this over, all you can think is this is way too crude for any form of divinatory magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I guess I'll make a craft check on that real quick. I could probably just glance at it. It's probably for an artist so that they can draw anatomically correct figures. Mm. There are some rotting pictures in this folio. That makes sense. 
Are the initials in there? Artists sign things. It's, yeah. it's all too decayed for me to even make out what was the drawing. It's weird because this room is like better cared for, cleaner, newer mm. than the other places in this place. Almost if someone or something has shown more care to this room than the others. Mm-hmm. Mm. It could be effect of whatever supernatural occurrence is happening here. Well, I guess only one way to find out. Um, there's a third floor, yes? Probably and a fourth. Mm. Then I guess we head up. Go oh, and give me a perception going. roll. Uh-oh. No. You make your way out of the room. Turn to make your way to the stairs leading up. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. Everyone stop. Do you hear that? I don't hear anything. No. No. I hear no anything. It, there's another set of footsteps. There's six. There's supposed to be five. For a moment, uh, especially Adrian and Vittoria, you do have this sensation like there's someone behind you. But spinning about, no. Mm. I don't know. It's just somebody is, or something is here. Unfortunately, I can't see them. Hmm. So, uh, I guess maybe try to pick up the pace a little bit so it doesn't have a chance to find us unawares. It's... I I mean, if it's Nicolo can hear its footsteps, it's with us already. Hmm. I guess we'll just be careful. We're just here to be your friend. We would be up for having a conversation. All right. Up to the Mm. third floor we go, I guess. You turn. Make your way forward. Niccolo, now that you've heard this, Mm. you can't not hear it. Great. I love it. It's great. Adria, Vittoria, now that you've been made aware of it, there's a sixth set of footsteps. As you reach the stairs, Niccolo looks up. Again, it's much as Niccolo was saying. When you start walking, you can hear it behind you. When you stop, it stops. There's a distinct sound that the three of you register. That sound of bare feet on wood. Andrea's going to take a couple of steps backward without turning. Stepping backward, you have the distinct impression that there's someone behind you. Hmm. Almost this feeling as if there's someone immediately behind you. Like the only way that they could mimic your movement so well, as disconcerting as this sounds, is almost as if the sensation of someone with hands on your hips guiding you back. Yeah, okay, I don't like it. Niccolo, I suppose you uh, make your way upstairs. I suppose we all do, yes. Yeah, Yeah, we'll follow you. We're not going to make you go by yourself. You ascend the stairs. Unlike the first time, this is far worse. The stairway here is built for this smaller townhome. It's only about as wide as Nicolo's shoulders. Mm. As you make your way up, it doesn't have a landing. It does that uncomfortable thing where it just basically the stairs go from being regular sized stairs to turning into those like sliced wedges mm. as it rounds the corner to get up to the upper level, forcing mm. you to reach out with one hand to su- support yourself on the wall off towards the right hand side as you circle wide the opposite way, uh, forcing Lucia, who's up at point, to like switch her rapier over into her left hand. Uh, again, since you're turning to the right to actually have mm-hmm. your weapon well in hand, but also be able to brace yourself. Mm-hmm. Once you reach the upper level, you step out into a long hallway. The hallway itself is only about three and a half feet wide, although after the claustrophobia-inducing stairwell that you just exited, it seems rather spacious. Mm-hmm. A single door stands on the left-hand wall, 
and two more doors stand on the right. At the end of the hall, you can see a very small door. The door itself is only about two feet wide, and on one side, it is about five or almost six feet high, but it actually angles down. Okay, that'll uh, be the so door it up. works into the large fireplace that stands at the end of this hall. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Like a little wedge door. All right. Time to start opening doors, I guess. I'll keep an eye out for any surprises. Yeah. Yep, so I guess we'll... Uh, well, we know one of the doors is going to go out to the balcony, so we can skip that one. So, yes, you do believe the uh, the door... One of the doors ahead and uh, on the right-hand side, you believe yeah. exits out into the balcony. Let's start with the left-hand door here. Opening this door, you find the remains of what was probably once a workshop of some form. Or maybe a study. It's difficult to tell. Mostly it's difficult to tell because large portions of the ceiling, or at the very least the, the paneling along the ceiling, have fallen down into this room due to water damage. Jeez. And some moisture is set in here. Mm. Uh, to the point that you can see these winding, almost veins of fungus growing along the walls and down from above. Oof. Fortunately, considering uh, how far up this is, uh, at the very least away from where Wright sleeps, you think he's probably safe, although it does mm. mean the building's uh, roof, at the very least, is somewhat structurally unsound. Eeks. Well, doesn't look like much in here. Uh, all of you may make a perception roll if you wish to search the room. Certainly. Fanning out, searching through the room. Cesare and uh, Lucia, actually, this time. Hey! The two of you find that some of the tables here, again, most of the furniture here has been removed. Uh, the only thing that's still here is a large desk. Curiously, this desk seems to be large enough that you have no idea how it got through the door, let alone that stairway to get mm. into this room. As such, you believe it was probably constructed in this room, and maybe the deconstructing it process was too much of a challenge to get it back out of this room. Uh, anyone that's ever built an Ikea furniture inside of your apartment will have a pretty good idea of how this yeah. goes. Yeah, yep. I've had that. <laughs> how did I? Oh, wait, I didn't get it in here. <laughs> Niklo, Vittoria, Adria, you fan out and begin to search the room. Uh, Adria, looking over the fungus, uh, it is nothing special. Oh, okay. uh, just give it to you with your druid senses. That's just regular fungus. It's not going to kill you or anything like that. However, uh, it is it is a form of mold that would not be safe to breathe in for a prolonged period of time. Sure. Mm. And by that, I mean like months. You're going to be fine oh, yeah. in here for a couple hours. I doubt you'll be in this room for a couple hours. Mm -hmm. Let's hope not. Victoria, you can tell that the fireplace in this room has not been lit in decades. It does look like somebody cleaned it out before they left, though. Well, that was nice of them. That being said, glancing in it, glancing up, you can see the uh, ruined remnants of a bird's nest that seems to have fallen down the chimney at some point in the past. The shattered remnants of uh, egg shell lay here, although you uh -huh. hope that that just means that the creatures had already hatched and left and not that they were left here. You do not see any signs of tiny little bones unless they animated and hopped off. Oh God, uh, we're we're going to, you know, think the best. Yeah, let's go with uh, with Occam's razor here and uh, mm. no, they didn't walk away. Uh, Cesare Lucia going through the desk. Uh, there is very little here of any value or use. The only thing notable is you do find a single picture. This picture is uh, even the little bit that you could see of the quality downstairs. This seems to be of substantially higher quality. Uh, one part of this picture, it looks to be almost notes from a, a sketchbook. One half of this page are covered with pictures of various different plants. Hmm. 
The other half seems to be a beautiful middle-aged woman in profile. Particular ten- attention has been paid to her eye. Hmm. Does she look familiar at all or? No, you can tell that she's human. As you can see the ear. And also the eye looks like a human eye. The proportions are correct for human. <laughs> is this signed? Then... Uh, it is not. Okay. Judging by the fact that it's probably a page taken from a sketchbook, uh, since you can tell that one side of it is torn. Or mm. there was another half of this, but it looks more likely to have been taken from a sketchbook. Mm. Either of you that wishes to may make me an ultra nature. Ha ha ha, no. Don't have that. Well, did anybody find anything interesting? Just this sketch. It's a couple of plants, uh, mistletoe and sambong, and then a portrait of a woman. Ooh, mm. plants. Uh, Adria slides over. <laughs> Using your burging herbalism to... Uh, hey, I've been mm. training. Yeah. Uh, you can confirm with uh, Cesare that, yes, this is mistletoe, um, which I believe is uh, toxic in certain mm. doses. I was going to say, I thought mistletoe <laughs> was toxic, too. Mm. Uh, it is also a part of, it is, of course, important to druids... Uh, you know, religious beliefs, uh, it is also sometimes used in small doses. Mm. Usually as a sleep aid. Mm. Sambong is uh, brewed into a tea uh, and can be used to basically treat, uh, like a better term, anxieties. Mm. Huh. Hmm. All right. Definitely home to multiple artists here. That might be important. Well, it could be the person who drew these plants and the person who drew this person are the same person. Mm. It is an herb shop downstairs. Hmm. These drawings are much higher quality than the ones that we found downstairs. It's possible that these up here were drawn by the owner of the shop and perhaps his child or apprentice was drawing the other ones. Hmm. Maybe. Seems very likely. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some mold, but it's normal. Yeah, this building is definitely not up to code anymore. Mm. I mean, mind you, most buildings in Katarga aren't up to code anymore. It's almost like it was abandoned and there's somebody squatting in it who can't afford to maintain it. <laughs> well, I'm scared yeah. of the upper levels. The state's downstairs. I mean, there are feet sometimes hanging from the banister, so <laughs> probably yeah, it really hurts your retail value. All right. Let's actually go and uh, make me a perception roll. Oh, jeez. Um, I get scared. This? Yeah, why not? The whole party. Oh, boy. Hey. <laughs> How interesting. Hmm. What? Well, the footsteps aren't just following everyone. They seem to, well, at least in this room, to be specifically following the two of you. Hmm. Maybe because we looked at the desk, assuming that this entity lives here, it would know that the drawing is in the was here. Or because I was the first one up, it wants me to be the first to die. Maybe stay optimistic. But she, like, brandishes her rapier. Put that down. Maybe don't swing your weapon and antagonize it if you don't yes, want to die. Yes, they may be trying to communicate with us about something. Maybe it's a hint that they want us to discover something. We should check the next room. Yeah. Yeah. Who do the footsteps follow? Uh, it sounds like it just is the last to leave. Mm. As if it's taking up its place at the rear of the party. Mm. For the rest of this adventure path. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, mm. But uh, I guess we go to the next door. Exiting, stepping across the hallway. Again, one of the doors here you can see leads out to the uh, the balcony. Yeah, I have the latch on it. The other door you make your way forward and open. This reveals a worn room. The wallpaper in here is, again, of a better quality than what you'd seen downstairs, as if it was improved upon at some point. 
Although, again, it has an odd shade to it, an off reddish pink and a spiraling pattern to it, which seems to be less coherent than what you'd seen downstairs. Hmm. As if it just Ooh. spirals about and seems to plunge off at odd angles. They lock hmm. someone upstairs. <laughs> Starting to feel very Jane Eyre. Hmm. Hmm. Well, nobody set any fires yet. Not yet. The room is otherwise seemingly empty. Let's give it a quick glance around. Yeah, might yeah. as well. There seem to be scrapes on the floor. Mm. Four of them that I can tell. Like fingernail marks being dragged? Or a chair or a table? I imagine we just see scrapes until she has a chance to look at it closer. Yeah. <laughs> Niccolo, Lucia, Cesare, looking about the room. No, you see nothing else of real interest in this room. Mm. Vittoria, making your way over. I assume that you're uh, looking specifically at the scrape marks. Yes. Two of them are close to the center of the room and are spaced out by about five feet or so. The other two are spaced out equal distance, although towards the far wall of the room, about seven feet or so away from the others. About the positions that you think the four posts of a bed would be. Okay. The scrape marks aren't deep or long, um, almost as if somebody just pivoted something on one leg over a distance Mm. of about seven or eight inches. Mm. Okay. Vittoria, as you lean down to look at this, probably pull out a little... uh, She she does have a magnifying glass, if that's what you're asking. (laughs) No, I was going to say a a tailor's tape to like measure Mm. out that distance since they're easy to store and carry with you. I I do have probably that in my kit. Make a note in your, your journal. You get the overwhelming sensation that something is behind you. Not just behind you. Almost as if whatever it is is leaning over you. Flush with your back. Chin almost resting on your shoulder. Sella. Sella? What are you talking about? I... Something just whispered into my ear. I think Sella? Like Like the name? Is it a foreign language? It's good to be a name, Sella. Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly. What were you looking at? I, well, some of these boards seem to be loose. Oh, we'll pry them up. Atria will come in at this point, because obviously the ghost isn't out here. <laughs> no, the ghost is hovering over my back. Cesare, <laughs> <laughs> mm. standing near the window as you are, you can see that the sun's disk is nearly completely beneath the horizon. We have probably a few moments before the sun is completely set. Okay. <sighs> yep, I examine the loose boards. <laughs> I've got a crowbar. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, fortunately, the crowbar will not be necessary. Mm. Uh, as examining the boards, you can find that three of the boards are not nailed down at all. Oh. Mm. They are short sections where you can just press on one end, causing the board to pop open. Hmm. Removing these three slats, you find a small gap uh, between the the structural support beneath the floor basically between the floor here and the ceiling of the room below the room that contained all of the various storage items okay you find a leather satchel hmm. mm. i reach in and pull out the leather satchel it's not heavy but it does have some heft to it and seems to contain inside of it some form of rectangular object. 
Oh god, it's a puzzle box. Oh my gosh. Did we just enter Hellraiser? Again. I'm down. We already had be. the Hellraiser puzzle box at the end of last book. <laughs> That's true. True. This is a sequel. <laughs> Hellraiser 2, as long as we're not in space. Isn't that what we established? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> they don't do that till the fourth movie. <laughs> like I said, when they start running out of ideas, they go to yep. space. <laughs> oh, what's in the bag? What's in the bag? I suspect perhaps a book, but maybe we'll find out. Vittoria will open the bag and see what is inside. Opening the bag, you find a book bound in soft leather moleskin, maybe? Oh, man. As you pull it out, page it open, finding line after line, page after page of tight script in a flowing handwriting, written in the common tongue, fortunately. Judging by the fact that a number of these pages contain dates, you think this may be a journal. What 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 are the dates? Like what's year yeah, most of this is from? This? And whose journal? The journal appears to start about thirty years ago, uh, and then continues until a period about some twelve years back. So not a frequent journaler. Uh, it looks like whoever it was would sometimes take weeks between journal entries. Hmm. It seems like they really only made a journal entry when something significant happened. Fair enough. If you wish to sit down and read it, you may. I might just skim for a second since we're still investigating. Just do I see a name name anywhere? Glancing over this, you see that there is a name at the very beginning of this book uh, on the front page, denoting this as the Journal of Grisella Odd. Oh, Oh, okay. Okay. There are also reoccurring names in here, two of them particular. One appears to be the name of someone named Laid. Judging from a few entries as you just quickly page through here, Grisella seems to refer to this laid as her husband on a couple of occasions. Hmm. Uh, They seem to have a quick cursory view, a rather uh, loving, although somewhat strained relations at times. Many of her complaints seem to be about, uh, well, finances, as so many couples often do. Particularly as uh, her herbalism business, while it can often pay the bills, seems to sometimes suffer uh, whether or not he can find himself gainful employ, uh, either aiding in the herbalism, which he's constantly asking him to do, uh, as opposed to attempting to pursue his art career, which seems to be a constantly mm. floundering affair. Mm. Uh, they do sad. seem to have a daughter together, a young girl by the name of Zella. Oh. Zella, okay. Mm. Reading through here, uh, the journal seems to, as you very quickly kind of detail, the journal begins with Grisella and Lade's arrival in Cantargo, which seems to be shortly after their marriage, although she never references in the few pages that you glance through where they came from initially. Hmm. Just her concern about moving to Chiliacs. Oh, so they're from outside Chiliacs. That's fair. Seems to be. Early on, a couple of the points in here are just matters of business talking about this, although there is the birth of her child. That would be a significant event. Again, sometimes this skips months between when she writes on here. You kind of make your way forward. It talks about their relationship, that they have a very loving relationship. Basically, once uh, her daughter reached about nine years of age, stopped doing as much of the artwork that her father was constantly pushing her towards and started focusing more on the herbalism side, was when, uh, to encourage her a little bit further, and maybe as a slight dig at her father, Grisella made the new sign for Odin Daughter for her herbalism shop uh, once her daughter started working the front of the herbalism shop with her. Cute. And basically hired her on as an actual employee, judging by the statement in here, despite being a very young child. (laughs) Quickly paging forward, you find the last few journal entries. This is where things take a turn for the 
substantially darker. Oh. And Vittoria, as you quickly read this, especially as the sun is is setting fully at this point, Cesare making his way over, providing a light source for you to more clearly read this, reading portions that seem pertinent out loud for the rest of the group as you stand in a semicircle around Vittoria, mm. starting maybe somewhat as the possibly weighted door closes. The end of the journal begins with some curious notes about Zella. She seems to have taken up art again. Zella's constantly obsessed with her pictures. A woman. She draws the same woman again and again. Mm. Seven times she draws this woman. Never more, never less. Per page. Mm. Laid is ecstatic. Her art seems to be improving. He's crafted for her a doll mm. to help her get the proportions just so. Priscilla asks Zella where she's found this inspiration. And she says, the woman in the cellar. Oh. Priscilla obviously becomes more and more concerned as this pass, eventually asking Laid to bar up the cellar. He seems to think that it's a silly request. Always. But being a doting husband, does. She mentions that Zell has become more and more upset, although that's to be expected of a 12-year-old. Mm. The following journal entry is scribbled hastily. Zella is gone. She's disappeared. Not into the cellar. She thinks that she climbed down into the well in the backyard. Oh, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> she says here that the guards have been informed. They've emptied out the well and found that it connects beneath the city streets. Oh. Whoa. She says the guards are looking, but that Zella hasn't returned. The following journal entries are very short and brief. Laid is beside himself. Zella's been gone for a day, two days, a week, two weeks. Laid has started drawing the woman. Oh, it's going to be Laid that hanged himself. Mm. This third to last states that Laid is gone. He's unbarred the cellar and climbed through the grate in the floor. He's gone. Her next entry says that it is Zella's birthday. Oh, no. Mm. That she hasn't seen her in over a month. Oh, Laid hasn't returned. She's beside herself. The final entry states simply, the Datari returned. They found Zella in the river. Oh. Laid is gone. There's no hope. Mm. Vittoria, you hear behind you, Zella. And we'll pick it up here next time. Oof. She's saying mm. Zella. Yep. That's mm. sad. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. If you like sad things, follow us on Patreon and what and listen to the extra. Oh my god! Oh man, Oof, such a geez. sad story. So she probably hanged herself she when her family didn't return, and she's oh. still here. And we need to go to yeah. the cellar because our friend is downstairs, and he thinks the problem is upstairs. <laughs> and apparently, yeah. it's downstairs. We need to make sure he doesn't start drawing old ladies. Apparently, it only affects you if you're an artist. <laughs> I well, I think she couldn't get in the cellar because it was locked. So she, so tried she to climbed down the well, the well yeah. to get down below to this woman in this that she draws seven times every time, which is weird. And then the husband started drawing her, which is, I mm. guess, what the what the picture we found was because it was such better quality mm -hmm. than yeah. the ones downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. And he, they said that there was the focus on the eye. Maybe she has some sort of like hypnotizing gaze or something. Yeah, hypnotite. Hypnotite. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Are you hip? He tonight? lives in the well now. 
Well, I don't want to go in the well. I say we go to the cellar. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Hell's Rebels is copyright 2015. Hell's Rebels and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. Find the Path Ventures have converted Hell's Rebels from Pathfinder to Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Conversion notes are available to our Patreon backers at patreon.com backslash findthepath. <laughs>